When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, beautiful human. Thank you so much for tapping on our interview with Role Model, aka Tucker Pillsbury. I'm so excited to have him in the studio. I have a lot to ask him. And seriously, thank you so much for joining us. Please share our podcast with those you care about. Hit subscribe and get ready for a good time. You're going to learn a lot about Tucker. I'm, I'm so ready. Okay, let's dive in. Hi, beautiful human. My name is Zach. That is Dan. And uh, welcome, Role Model, to the studio. Woo! Hello. Woo! Yeah. People in your real life don't call you role model, right? Um, no, no. <laughs> they so call you Tucker? They do call me Tucker. They call me a lot of things. But um, some people have, I mean, like, people at shows and stuff have come up and called me roll. Oh. Just drop the model and just go roll, which is, like, the ugliest name. How, um, where does that come from? Oh, roll. <laughs> role oh, model. Role, role model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't connect Man, those dots. Who did you think I was? You thought this was Madison Beer again. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you a dumb question? I'm sure you've been asked a thousand times. Yes. Why role model? Great question. It's Paul Rudd. Let's, no. Is that lies? It's a lie. That was a joke Shut from up. an interview in like 2018 <laughs> before I knew that like humor doesn't translate in articles. <laughs> and so now every article is like he was inspired by role models, Paul Rudd, his <laughs> like his performance as if that would like spark a name for me. <laughs> um no so not true yeah not true um i i had a lot of names when i started making music and i started with like rap like that's how i got into music um and i was shuffling through names uh and at one point i had just i had tried singing and i had this song called cocaine babe and that was my first like attempt at a s singing and like songwriting and I wanted to put it out, but I wanted to like start fresh and have a new name. And at the time, I was very far from how you would um, define role model. Um, I was just like, not myself as a person. Like, I was a very good kid growing up. Didn't drink, didn't whatever, all that stuff. Um, and at that time, I had just gotten into it. A lot of it was like depression and stuff, whatever. Um, and so I just thought it was funny. It was literally just like funny to me. I was like. Uh, because you were the opposite of a role model or yes. a good one yeah opposite and now but now it's like transformed into something I, I guess more positive like embracing imperfections and um something more realistic i guess there yeah. is a role model within you I, I do think you set an example for those around you sure i think everyone does i guess yeah that is true yeah the, the difference is some, some are, are good some examples are. or some are bad examples right yeah. Some you gotta dig deeper to find it, I guess. I don't know. You want to make pop music with a purpose. Mm -hmm. Are you setting an example with the records you put out into the world? <sighs> That's a good question. I guess, um, I guess in terms of like, I work really hard to write all of my own music, and there's something that happens when you get signed to a label where you. Are expected to do these like speed dating and the rounds and 
working with all these people and eventually like if your stuff that you're writing doesn't work it's time for like the label to bring in songwriters and stuff and i tried it so many times and i hated it there were times when like i would walk out of sessions just like in tears because it just fucked with my head and makes you doubt yourself a little this is my own experience this is not for everyone, um, but it just made me like doubt myself a lot, and I hated it. And I decided at one point that I would just fully believe in myself and commit to myself and um, write all my own music. How do you find Spencer? Um, Spencer, we, I was on a tour in like 2019 or something, opening up for someone. Um, <laughs> there were a couple of tours that I went on. I don't know. I think it was Laney, actually. Um, but, yeah, so my, my manager had said that we just re received all these, like, loops and stuff from someone, and I loved them and um, met him. And the day we met, we made a song called, like, Alive. And uh, for me, it's, like, just pe it's just personality. Like, anyone can, a, like, a trap producer can, like, emulate like live drums and make something more musical and like a, a jazz playing producer a classically trained producer can do trap beats and like so it's like everyone can do anything pretty much so for me it's just like personalities and getting along with someone and being comfortable i'm very picky with people that i surround myself with so being in a studio with someone for 12 hours like you should get along with them there has to be something well rx is done completely with Spencer. Yeah, it's just us two. Which is pretty remarkable. And I, I loved, I listened to every song a few times and I would, I love going to the credits and just seeing like, mm -hmm. I'd go song by song and match it with the credits just to see if you added somebody new and you never did. Yeah. And it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it because there is something really different about music and art that's just so like isolated between you and just one other person. Yeah. And I think people are starting to like, notice that and look for it now like even just like young kids who are fans of artists are like going to the song credits now um for whatever reason but but i think it's cool and i i look up to like a lot of those artists that do that and um i love just seeing two names one name whatever just on the whole album and it's like i don't know it puts things in perspectives perspective i think is it true that you don't share your music with anybody but your team until it's done? It is. We're, yeah, it is. How did you, where did you um, get the information from? Just answer the question. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no one ever just name dropped Spencer, so that one already like took me. I, lo I love that. This is Spencer great. Stewart this is, is his full name, right? Yes, it's a good thing. I like it. Um, but the question that you just had asked was... I uh <laughs> something about showing your music to no yes, one. No, you, you you share I, it to nobody, but this was an incredibly personal album. It was, but like I just it's I don't I, yeah, I just don't show anything to anyone really. Um it's like my A&R and um and Spencer and me and we just hear it and I don't I just don't I don't know. I don't have like a desire I don't need outside of approval or anything. I think that can mess with your head a little bit. I think I used to. You needed that before. May, yeah, I think I used to maybe rely on that too much. And then, I don't know. I just, especially like when it's a song about someone, I don't want to show them. <laughs> I just like want to 
Yeah, be secretive about it, I guess. Unless it's like really, you know, in depth or something like like a masturbation song or something. <laughs> like I, I'd like to like, you know, pass that along. But because you're not sharing songs along the way, does it make it scary when you sit down a loved one and share with them this extension of not just you in some cases, an extension of you plus somebody else? Yeah, I just it doesn't ever. There's just no second thoughts when when I'm when we make them, when we write them, or when we put them out. There's never like a thought like that, and I I I would hope that a lot of other artists feel that way too, and not um, filtering anything. I don't know. I, it should just be like music in general to me should just be very unfiltered and. You know, say exactly what's on your mind, even though it might like upset a couple people. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I just I think that um, nothing should be filtered. So even when it's out, uh, if those loved ones want to listen to it, they can and they can tell me what they want. But I'm not doing like listening parties or anything with like <laughs> a group of friends or anything. You know. But in a lot of cases, your art can also bring you closer to that person. Yes, totally, totally. Um, yeah, I mean, I imagine if a, if someone wrote a song about me, I would be very flattered. I would probably fall deeply in love. <laughs> not saying that my <laughs> not saying that my music would have that effect, but I would just be very <laughs> flattered, and I would probably listen to it constantly, just like on repeat, like an ego thing. I don't know. Nobody's written a song about you, but you you have one song in this album that is self self reflective, correct? Uh, a couple, yeah. There is more than one. Obviously, there's there's a lot of. What I got from this record, to, uh, the album top to bottom, was honesty, the stages of a relationship to a certain degree, self-discovery, and also questioning things that what what was. Yes, perfect. It's I love that. Exquisite. Thank you. It's really phenomenal. Thank you. I don't even really know where to start. Do I you like track six. <laughs> you got to give me a name. It's called masturbation, masturbation song. Oh, no. That's my question for everyone. Did you like it? Uh, I, 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 I felt seen. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> felt understood in a way I haven't in a while. All right, now we can start at the top. Do, do you question yourself Thanks. when you're writing a song like that? Like, should I even be writing this? No, like I said, like, it's, I, it's like, there's just no thought. Like, I, I wrote that whole thing in my living room one night and then brought it to Spencer and he loved it. Like, he, like, there's no second thoughts, especially with him. Like, he's so just open and accepting and loves shit like that like a song about a love song to someone <laughs> about like touching yourself um and yeah i don't know he's very supportive and we just don't think about those things but then you log on to tiktok like six <laughs> days later and you're like oh, okay we're 13 year olds how does that song begin are you trying to express love in a new way or do you realize that the ultimate form of love and essentially flattery comes from? Um, to me, I mean, so like the, it's very rare for me to like have the whole uh, concept or like a song written before we make like the music for it. So it always just starts with like Spencer will send me a bunch of guitar loops or piano loops or whatever. And um, for that song, it was just that guitar loop and um, the first line that came out of my mouth was the first line in the song. Um, I touched myself and then I was like, okay, how could I flip this to be something a little bit more like endearing and and sweet and 
I don't know. I just love the juxtaposition too, because it's on. It's over like the most beautiful acoustic guitar, and and we really wanted those like soothing big choruses, and we wanted it to almost feel like orgasmic when you get to the when you get to the chorus. Um, but yeah. Do you feel like you accomplished everything you wanted to with that song? I do. I I would have loved. Um, I would have really loved to have brought in like full string sections. Full, I think, again, I love like the juxtaposition of like bringing in a whole <laughs> orchestra for a song about touching yourself. Like, <laughs> I love that. Um, and I wish we had done that, but your boy eats up the budget quick. <laughs> <laughs> next time, next time. Next time. Have you actually thought, like, had a serious conversation with yourself about dying for somebody um or loving somebody to the point that you would actually die for them i mean that song that song is definitely like an exaggeration um but it also could be real but also real and like for sure i'd run in front of a car for someone um if i really love them but um obviously that song is a exaggeration and falling out of airplanes and whatnot uh but yeah, again, I think I was just trying to find a very extreme way, a unique way to tell someone that how much you love them. Where does that come from? Does that come from a want to, ex like, is it to communicate things differently? Is it to communicate things in a deeper manner that you just can't over a conversation? Yeah. I mean, for starters, like, I'm not, I'm not a good, I'm horrible uh, with communication. I'm not a big talker. Um, I, I think outside of situations like this or on tour where I'm like shaking my ass and screaming for an hour, like as soon as I'm not in that situation, it's like mute <laughs> for 48 hours. Um, so I think these songs are like a fun way to just like show her what I can't. Okay. Whoops. <laughs> to show what I can't tell. <laughs> But, Someone, you know? By the way, I think your quote on this is we're staying private but not secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Is that, that's a conscious decision that you come to more than just on your own, right? Yeah. I mean, the thing with that with I mean the thing is like I I have always since I got into I guess since I got into music and started making a name for myself, um under the name role model, I was like very scared of falling in love um, because I would always be scared of how it would affect my music or like anything. Um, and, and I think especially like a public relationship, posting photos of who you're with and all this stuff, I don't ever want to distract from the music and I also don't want... <laughs> 10,000 people at a show and only 500 of them know the words to the songs. I don't want people at shows for the wrong reasons. I don't want people following me for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I got goosebumps because a lot of people in your position would literally have the opposite thought process. Dude, it scares me. And I mean, that was a conversation. I've had it a lot, but at that, I was, I had to kind of initiate that as someone who's in a lesser power in that situation um but still looking to make art and to be respected for it yeah like i just i i take it seriously like that's it like i i think 
I don't know. I I have also been very proud of how slowly we have built this thing, and how organic it has been. And I just don't want anything to fuck that up. Um, relationships included, and and all that stuff. I don't know. When I say Arizona in the summer, what do you think? Honestly, like one of my favorite pieces of work for myself. Um, totally different sound than what we're hearing. Even your voc vocally, totally different. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, deep to, and dark and. I used to sing like Tory Lanez for some, like for some reason, like I'd always like try and, I was obsessed with like Tory Lanez like way back in the day and I would like do that weird thing with my voice. Like it comes from like, I don't even know. Like, Diaphragm yeah, energy? somewhere down here maybe, but like. <laughs> It's like this weird voice. But, dude, that's one of my favorite. I was literally just listening to it for the first time in a while yesterday. Um, and I think the reason I love that first EP is because I was completely, completely alone when I made it. And um, those the production on those things were being sent to me pretty much fully built out by a 16-year-old kid from my hometown. <laughs> And he would email them to me and we would just make notes over email like two kids and um, I was just recording in my in my closet thing in Pittsburgh while I was at school um, and it was just like I didn't know what I was doing no one was telling me like a verse should go here then a pre then a chorus then a bridge over here like no one there was none of that so those songs are like a really cool insight into someone making music that knows nothing about it like stolen car what is that yeah, but, structure but it's that structure or lack of structure yes. that changes your life yeah i love it god i gotta get back to it man what the <laughs> fuck am i doing pop music well that's what i want to ask if you love that project so much and you were saying like tory lanes like how do you get to where we are now like well like everyone i'm very influenced by like everything like i think whether you're an artist or just a fan of music everyone's playlist these days is like hip-hop country rock pop r&b it's like everything so inevitably like you're going to be influenced by all those things and my brain just works in a way where i want to try a country song and i did and i was alive and like i wanted to try like some rap stuff and i was going out and like death wish and i want to do all those things so i think as soon as i came to la and i had studios at my disposal and producers it was I finally got to do like all those things I wanted to do, but and yeah, there's still remnants of Arizona in the summer that shows up in the music that you you make today and have made. And by the way, you go on quite a journey between Arizona in the summer to where we're at today. I mean, you cover the climb mm -hmm. in that time. Mm -hmm. But I, I want to talk about "Stolen Car" because that song does change your life. Malcolm hears it, yes, and you get a DM from him. Um, I or was, did you reach out to him? How I did it work? His manager. So Q. Yes, Q. Cool. Favorite human in the world. Um. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I was in Pittsburgh, um, and I was, I had just put out Arizona in the summer and I was also, I had been failing school, um, for two and a half years, pretty much. I was failing for two years. Um, and, but you're trying to make mixtapes during this time too, but like trying to use that, like what a lot of people do with college where you're like trying to just use your time yeah. to do other shit totally like whatever you're learning how to rap on youtube 
Yes. Well, I was that real? how to use like logic. I was learning all that just from YouTube um, and how to mix and everything like Arizona this summer. I mixed all of that myself <laughs> just from YouTube tutorials, which is why it sounds um, unpurposefully lo-fi. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know what I was doing. It's the aesthetic, bro. Yeah, it's the aesthetic. Um, and now I'm forever a bedroom pop. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, so I was in Pittsburgh and I was just at a point. I had put that out and I was like, OK. I'm failing. I have no backup plan if this music thing doesn't work out and I can't let this like ruin my life. I had no support and I was like, this is going to like ruin my life. I'm at a stage where I really have to make a decision. So I was like, let's give this, I just put it out. Let's give it two months, month and a half. And if nothing happens, if nothing great happens, <laughs> um, then I need to move on and I need to like get my shit together. Uh, and in that somewhere in that month and a half, two months, Malcolm's manager Q, um, had DM'd me or put it on his story, put stolen car on his story and I DM'd him and I like flipped, flipped. I've been a fan of Q also just because of their show that was on MTV. Like I knew, I know all of Malcolm's crew just from that show. And they're fellow Pittsburgh people. Yes. So that's the thing. Like they keep their ears especially Malcolm but like they both keep their ears to everything Pittsburgh um and I was like doing shows out there and stuff and like hitting up venues and asking like who's coming to town can I open and opening for just whoever let me like little Debbie and like father and <laughs> whoever was in Pittsburgh at the time and yeah I had reached out and I was like dude this means the fucking world I love you I love Malcolm I love all of you guys and he was like Malcolm really likes Stolen Car, um, and I flipped. I remember running up and down my the dorm like staircase and <laughs> like out of a movie. Like I really needed that. I was really in a shit place. You were um, ready to give up. Really close to giving up, and that, um, in a way, not to be corny, saved my life. And ended up. Long story short, they flew me out there, and I got to work and meet mac and um yeah and and then i think that started started to kind of get my name into the industry and i think people started to hear about it through that can't even imagine what that feels like to even be flown here to meet heroes but also to be validated by a human being that like one is hands down one of the greatest artists to ever exist i agree like, I believe that. And also one of the nicest people ever. More importantly. And I, I don't want, you know, gets me very emotional. Yes. But I also hear him in what you do still to this day. And also, if you look at Malcolm, there's no one path that Larry, Larry was doing something different than what Mac was doing. Yes. But it was still the same person. Yeah, man. He, I think the biggest thing for me was him as a human because before I was in Pittsburgh, I really, I can't lie, like, I did not listen to Mac, and his, I didn't know anything. I never gave it a try, I guess. Um, but I remember when Good AM came out, he came to Pittsburgh and did a free show um, at, shit, I can't remember, it's like an old church venue, and he did a free show, and I waited in line that whole day uh, and got into the show, and it blew my mind. It was like, very inspiring and it pushed me to keep making music i think um yeah and then later it's just like 
Dude, he's a god. I mean, he's a perfect example of being inspired by a hundred different types of music and genres. And Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And not feeling you need to make one thing or fit in a certain mold to please anybody. Different personas and everything. He's a fucking genius, man. Do you ever get to ask him what it was about Stolen Car that caught his ear? I see you creeping on my homies. You think that's going (laughs) to piss me off? And on the weekends, we'd be freaking. When you smoke, you always cough. It it was at a... Uh, I don't, you can talk about it. Yeah, it's just it was at a time when he was dealing with a certain relationship that uh, was just not going well when I came into the picture, and I don't want to put words in. I don't remember exactly, but um, I think that was mostly how he identified with it um he was having some relationship issues at the time and that song out of the four seemed to stick with him what does that moment prove to you i mean obviously the power of music yes um i mean in general it was the motivation that i needed like at that time when i was about to very close to just giving up in general um but i don't know man like it that It's crazy to see an idol be, it's like one thing to see fans online and people online reacting and telling you how it helped them, how it saved them, how they relate to it, whatever. But to have like a hero saying those same things that you see from like 15 year old girls on Twitter is like, it blew my mind. Um, That didn't feel real to me. Do you remember the first time you tried to sing yeah yeah i mean it was cocaine babe literally um like first time ever private or recorded 100 percent. i was um i had been going i was going through beats like old beats um because i was bored and i didn't have anything and so i was just like going through shit that was sent to me like a year prior and one of them was this like penny in the quarters sample like acoustic guitar type of thing the song is on soundcloud um but it was very like acoustic guitar and and um driven and it was something i hadn't done before and i just started singing over it and yeah didn't know about autotune yet either which was cool <laughs> so you get to see you get to see that but um yeah how do you know it worked it was just it instantly when i put that out it was like it instantly did better than anything i had done um all the like rap stuff whatever <laughs> deleted all the rap stuff <laughs> and then it was just this beautiful clean slate of just like cocaine babe <laughs> doing like decent numbers for me like it was a thousand a day which now for me is like or okay that almost sounded like i was <laughs> dickhead but no i mean <laughs> no, but at the time like that was huge and it was like news in pittsburgh and it was like people would come up to me and be like dude your song's like doing well and um yeah that was the first and i was like okay so Maybe this is more organic for me to like be singing and not talking about having millions of dollars in my wallet when I really don't <laughs> over trap beats. <laughs> so it's in that moment you rip stories from your life? Yeah, 
I mean, that was honest. That was like a song about someone that I had knew, known in Pittsburgh that was doing a lot of drugs, um, specifically cocaine, and I just didn't like being around that person when they were doing those things. Um, I made a song about it. It was weirdly organic. It was like one of those songs that just kind of comes out, which is weird for a first song like that. Strip club music. Mm-hmm. What inspires this song? I've never been to a strip club. I still have not. Um, but really? Yeah. Jumbo's clown room is tasteful. Uh, don't know. I live right next to one. I don't. I, there's one right on my block. But um, <laughs> I was tempted for inspiration, but I didn't do it. <laughs> no, I, that song. Like I had uh, the original version of it was from 2018, Arizona summer like era ish. Okay. And I had just wanted to make a song, like a pretty song about a stripper um, that you've never met. But the the whole thing with this song is like I loved the imagery of like and the power dynamic in those places of just these women like floating majestically like above these men and like taking their money and it's like hypnotic to me to like I, I imagine um, it's very like hypnotic to have these women just like I don't know it was just a very cool image and I wanted to turn that into a song to. Kind of tip the hat to them. <laughs> so, yes, to the ladies who strippers. Yes, who service. Yes. Wait, so you've never been, and it's literally just ripped from what you think it is like. Yeah, or what I, you've I seen in movies. I watch a lot of movies, man. I watch a lot of movies. <laughs> I watch a lot of movies in your apartment above the strip club, <laughs> near the strip club. Yes. Do you have any interest in going now, or you just want to? I don't, man. I, yeah, it's I don't. Yeah. Ironically, like I should, but um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not at a point where I want to be just like throwing money <laughs> out. Like gambling, strip clubs to me, I just like, I need those ones. I need them. <laughs> They're important. Yeah, I got them. Life is funny. Even an angel can dance like a hoe. Even the heroes got trouble at home. Nobody's really the person they show. Yes. True. Poetic. Your words. <laughs> Definitely not mine. <laughs> that is a hard realization to have especially if it's attached to someone you care deeply about or have trusted or yeah given a part of yourself to mm-hmm. i think everyone goes through that i think there's friends that come and go and whether those reasons apply to it or not i don't know but i just you know i i have seen people come in and out of my life quite a bit especially since i came to la um and i'm I've always been very okay with letting those people or things go when I start to see that they're not genuine or beneficial or anything. Um, Sometimes it's too late. Well, it's never too late to cut out a cancer. Yeah, I, I agree. But you, sometimes there's after effects. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I urge anyone, if any, I don't know. I think if there's anything or anyone in your life that's, bring you stress or pain or whatever it's you should just get rid of it it's a very freeing feeling hard to do hard to do yes yeah making it sound very simple but, no, well, but so, also could just not answer the text yeah that's it just disappear yeah my therapist makes it sound that easy yeah <laughs> honestly truly yeah. No, it's and it really is that easy when you come to terms with the fact that it can be that easy if you just do it. Yeah, I mean, if you, yeah, I don't know. Do you write this record, like all these records, do you write these songs 
immediately after like like this after something happens or do you only sit down and then reflect and by chance you stumble upon a series of moments that inspire this record it's a good question um i think it's just song by song uh i think something like can you say the same which is track 10 um was just very in the moment with like things that were happening that week of my life and me and Spencer were in Pasadena at like an Airbnb working on the album and we were out of ideas and I was just like can you just play the simplest loop just the simplest synth or something just play it um and then like leave <laughs> and so he like he walked out um I think he went home for the night actually and I stayed I was sleeping in the Airbnb so I just like it was looping and I was just I just whatever was happening that week I just wanted to get off my chest because I had been making a lot of love songs or a lot of songs like strip club music about other people's situations or other you know characters and stories but um I needed to like make a song that was talking about myself for a sec so yeah talking about yourself but also talking to somebody else yes yeah it is yeah it's kind of a conversation that one um yeah, I just wanted to kind of flip it every time you get to the chorus and be like, can you say the same? It's great. Thank you. I feel like you need to write this song to flourish in whatever relationship comes next, no? Yeah, I think Save a Seat more so. Ah, I think Save a Seat was like the one song in there that was like solely about a person from the past. That, um, it was also like the first song, one of the first songs of the album, I think, where I just needed to like get that off so I can move forward with my current um situation yeah, and you said that that was a song from the past yeah why did it need to be on this project i just wanted to put things into context really like i don't i th think a lot of just straight up love songs would be quite boring and not something i would listen to um and we had that song uh and i was like i feel like this would help put things into context to explain why I'm much so much better off now than I was um and why this current person just means so much to me uh yeah I don't know I feel like you need to like hear about those things from the past to understand why yeah I'm all smiling now history matters yes also history repeats itself if you don't learn from it that's true too don't scare me Zach. <laughs> this album is this for you or is this for me <clears throat> I guess it's for me really yeah everything I put out is for me I listen to it a lot <laughs> I listen to it a lot have you come to terms with the fact that what is yours becomes somebody else's yeah that's fine everyone can take it take a piece whatever you want from it apply it to your own existence yeah I hope so I hope I mean that's the whole thing I hope as many people as possible can hear my music who hurt you I'm not asking you that question I ain't bringing up the song kind of did <laughs> who did <laughs> hurt you who did hurt you Someone. You sound like me at the shows when I'm like screaming at people's face. I'm like, who are you? Yeah, what about that song, Zach? <laughs> I, I feel like we're sorting through baggage. Yeah. yeah. Or we're, we're looking to sort through baggage because we want to know. Relationships or not, like I have always surrounded myself with women more so than men. Um, especially when I left like my hometown, I went to Pittsburgh. Like, I just get along with women um more so 
as you can see with my two <laughs> lovely um <laughs> ladies in my entourage <laughs> um but no i i so i just think you get i've had a lot of insight into the way the other perspective um and the way men treat women in it's relationships gross. and whatever and it genuinely bothers me um a lot of people's just horror stories with path past relationships and i can't fully wrap my head around it and um i don't know i especially where i am now with the person i'm with is like just grosses me out man i don't i can't understand treating anyone like that whether it's a relationship or not it's like i just don't i don't have that part of me like i don't have enough testosterone maybe or something <laughs> i ate too many luna bars <laughs> or you just have a heart yeah you're I guess kind so. I guess you have so. basic morals you care about people for some reason that's a rare thing I don't know. It, and by the way and I, and I could say this very confidently because i i feel understood by this record like i do by many of your songs I found myself asking the same question to a, to the man I'm in a relationship with because I wondered the same exact thing. Yeah. The thought of somebody being so kind, so beautiful, but also compassionate and empathetic and warm and all these incredible things. And to know that somebody hurt them in, in a lot of ways, in a deep scarring way that like still exists, but you just got to brush over and keep on moving forward. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. It's like, I think there's a hundred songs that could be, could come from that whole perspective. Do you end up actually asking that question to the person you're with today? <laughs> I wouldn't word it as, as, um, so on the nose like that. But yeah, I mean, we've had, I have conversations with a lot of people about that. I'm just curious because I think it definitely forms you, um, into the person you, you are and you become and everything and i like to know those things and especially i don't know i mean things can be triggering all that totally. stuff and i think it's smart to just kind of know those things early on whether it's a relationship or a friendship or anything 100 yeah. percent. but it is scary to share it is very yeah like it is very scary to share yeah forever and more beautiful what are you thinking over there? I'm just like rattling yeah, off my favorite songs and Hold just on. like. What do you do here, man? What's your job, Tiger? <laughs> just hang out, make sure everything's running smoothly, okay. which it never does. Okay, cool. I've seen you about? press like the space bar a few times, and I feel yeah, like you know, just typing things. You are here. doing something. You are doing something. But I want to know if love songs came naturally to you, because you didn't always write love songs. No. And you have a special way of writing them where they're not like corny. So how did how did you formulate that? It's a great question. Um. I, that was never something natural, first of all, um, and it was a scary thing when I did fall in love for the first time. I was very scared of how, like I said, how it would change my music and if people would be turned off by that because I built a brand and a name in the early stages off of the exact opposite and being very anti-love, very fuck everyone and like don't invite me out, don't blah, blah, blah. And so I was, and people related to that, which is, you know, another discussion. It's kind of sad. But I I think 
I was just very scared of how if people would be turned off by that. Um, and they weren't for the most part, um, which was a really good feeling in it. I think Forever and More was like a tester in that arena and like blind and things like that. Uh, and it was well perceived. So I don't, I think it was just an irrational fear. A hundred percent. And also there's a sonic styling that you have and a vocal styling that you have that is totally unique to you. So no matter what story you're telling, there's, there's very much remnants of what was and what is. I appreciate that. I'm trying, I think I, I want to kind of keep that close. No matter how many albums we end up doing, but I want to try and keep that. That's the goal, right? Yeah. Is for somebody to hear a song and let it be totally different than the one you put out before, but still know that it's you. Yeah. Nope. I'm always scared of those tweets, dude. Like the just people being like, "Yo, we missed the old." Like I that. Thank God, like it hasn't really happened yet, and I'm very grateful. Um, but like that is like a fear. Like I just, and it's stupid. I know it's something that's talked about a lot of like letting the artist grow and and discover themselves and find take new paths and whatnot but yeah it's definitely like a fear i mean i don't know it's always gonna be me writing the songs though so i'm not like that worried like that is the that's the through line that's yes like your voice your so story that's fine like i could do a country album and hopefully people will still like it how did you get to the climb why did you need to cover that song you know we we needed a cover it's my favorite cover of the record. Thank you. It's really good. I can't listen to it because of my voice in it, but I appreciate that and I love the song. What What is it about your voice that you can't hear? Just not knowing how to use my voice yet back then, but that's fine. What song did you find? Can you point to and go, I knew what I was doing here? Probably this album. Spencer helped me a lot find my voice on this album and like walk me through things, especially like harmonies and everything. Um, but I think I... This album in general, just like finding my voice and, you know, where I can't go and I can't do those Ariana <laughs> runs and whatnot. And no whistle tones okay. for you? Yeah, f it. I don't need it. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm not going to try. Um, thank you. Just on behalf of the, all consumers. Thank you. I'd yeah. like to hear it. Uh, we're okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, wait, what was the question? We were talking about the climb. The climb, yes. We needed a cover. I was going on tour opening up for someone we needed a cover because I didn't have enough shit to play and so you go to the climb and I just loved that song I don't so remember how I found it I found it oh I found it in an uber ride to a session with McGee who is an amazing artist and producer um and when I got to the house I was like yeah hey, I was just listening to the climb and I would love to try and make like can we reproduce this in like a cool way and like I want it to sound like a McGee record like can you do that and so he produced it and um I recorded it and then I was like wait maybe we should just put it out because this is kind of cool uh we put it out and then got the Miley Cyrus follow <laughs> no, that's why we do music that's what music is about it's, it's for those Instagram Throw, follows yeah uploading a cover to DSPs hoping that that artist follows you on Instagram and that's why we make music but you didn't know the song before that? Before that Uber ride? No, of course I knew it. I just, I think I was like on a playlist or something and I, just, I discovered it, rediscovered it, I guess. And I was like, this is perfect. It was, it is perfect. It is. Really? It's a perfect song. By the way, is the name of the album Prescription or RX? Like, what, what am I calling RX. it? Okay, yeah, no, RX. Okay, To be honest, I didn't know that it, it meant 
like stood for or meant what is it it's like, like the abbreviation yeah i didn't know that like i obviously know it from like all the pill bottles and stuff but like um yeah i just i had written rx on my whiteboard like as soon as we got like two tracks down and whatnot and i was like i love this i love this um and yeah at what point did the story that you were trying to tell <laughs> present itself or did you know at the very beginning no, I didn't know. Um, it was like a lot of, in the early stages, it was just a lot of love songs. It was like, we started the album when I was falling in love for the first time, really, in my life. And so that was just very much front of the mind. Um, Horny? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I was wearing that. So that confused the fuck out of me. But, um, oh my God, you made me forget my... You start when you're falling in love. Yes. And at a certain point, we had like an album worth of music and it was just all love songs and I was very bored. And I told Spencer, we I just we had to sit down and I was like, I really want to try and go at this a different way and put, like I said, put things into context of why this is important to me now and why this is like a miracle for me. Um and so yeah and then so we kind of started working from a different perspective and doing something like strip club music and and uh save a seat and things like that and but you do equate this relationship to religion to jesus like yeah there's a lot of religious um references in this album i mean too, if jesus if jesus saves she's my type yeah i saw jesus kissing on the same sex that's right there's a lot and there's probably too many honestly i think some people got angry <laughs> oh yeah cool. didn't you say you lost a bunch of followers i did i did when we first put out the if jesus saves you know J jesus he's a tricky one you know? yeah people are split on him so touchy but it's like i'm not the only one man there's like it's like <laughs> come on jesus is for everyone that's I did the rumor. See a comment though when i put it out that was like why are all these artists doing someone like listed all the artists that are like doing it it was like why are all these artists using religious references like just leave it alone i was like it's like a playground man did you grow up with any religion in no, your life no never never been to church but um I, I i understand it i understand its importance in the world and why people f need it rely on it, whatever i get that um but for me i just I saw a lot of um, correlations and like the way falling in love for the first time was happening. Like I was really in like a shit place right before that had ha happened, right before we had started the album and before I had fallen in love. Um, and it was like, I don't know. I just, there were a lot of, ways to co like compare it to like people being on their knees and waiting for a miracle and like blah 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 um love was a miracle for you yeah i just i just i just genuinely never thought i would fall in love but and did i you, think you can hear it in the early songs but did you feel like you didn't deserve love or couldn't fall in love just not good at it dude not good at, like i said bad at talking <laughs> not a good communicator um all the things you need like, <laughs> just not good at it and but also like i was so 
in the studio every single day um just avoiding any sort of like social interactions and just i liked being i liked just like hiding in there and doing that and so there wasn't really even time so how do you know love exists when it knocks on your door like why do you answer how do you answer if you're unsure of what it is honestly it just like hit me like a fucking truck dude like there was no time to <laughs> be like is this uh how do i feel about this blah blah blah. it was like no that hit me like a truck and it was um yeah there's at, at a, there was just nothing i could do and it was like very scary but it was like there's nothing you can do and it is like very real deep love um it's also like the one girlfriend I've had, so I'm like talking out of my ass here, but like. <laughs> well, that's I, what I'm wondering, like, and I, I just asked I this know. for somebody who's genuinely interested. How do you know you're in love slash love is in front of you when it's fucking there? I don't know, dude. I don't even know how to like give advice on it. I don't, I'm not, I shouldn't <laughs> and I won't, but it's just like, just don't force things. Don't like, I don't know. Do you fall in love only after somebody falls in love with you? No, no. I mean, no. I think it should be like a mutual thing. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I don't know anything about love. Just wondering. I'm madly <laughs> in love with somebody, and I'm like, really, it's it's a lot of stress for me. Oh, go for it. Uh, I don't need Jesus Christ, just someone who treats me right. I don't need Novocaine, just someone who Wait, knows I think, the pain. Hold on. I think we should talk about this. What? You're in love with someone. Yeah. Okay. I am. Have you talked to them? Yeah, they do know. They, do they know? Yeah, I told them. You just told them? <laughs> That's what I did. We're <laughs> just, just like, I got to be honest. Well, and I... <laughs> I told them that I loved them, and I told them that uh, I'm in love with their being. So if they, you know, if their that. personality and essence and being was a potato, I'd be in love with that potato. I love that. That's what I said. You're romantic, man. You're sweet talking to me over here. Right. <laughs> sinking in my seat. Relax, well, that's relax. Great. That's great. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I just wanted to get into that. But I do understand that it is very, I understand the religious connection to it because there is a, there's this sense of freedom, but also security and community, even if it's just one person. Yeah. You know? Like, you're not in it alone, which that's something that religion offers people. Yeah. Yeah. It's just also just, like, surface level. It's just an, a fun fucking thing to, like, it's so clickbaity and, like, <laughs> iconic feeling to just, like, singing the word Jesus and, like, out of context of what it's normally in of like <laughs> like doing it in like a dirty way like kiss her face fuck all night type of thing like i don't know i just think it's fun it's just a fun thing to play with there's strategy behind not having any capital letters for your song titles <laughs> no i don't know you just don't have caps lock or you know hit shift <laughs> yeah i think it's just a mistake where i'll get typos over at the label <laughs> keep it up <laughs> is there a strategy behind your song titles in general because i do catch your eye yeah, that's the thing. I just like that. I just like, I mean, God, you got to get people's attention somehow. So, you know? Yeah. Some of them definitely just are the original name and we just keep it just because it's funny to like me and Spencer, but <laughs> like masturbation song. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's not much thought, I guess. By the way, RX is the last song on the album. Uh, make it all the way to the end because the song is great. The spatial audio that you do at the, the back end of that record, like it goes from one ear to the other, mm -hmm. really properly trippy. Thank you, man. Sets the tone perfectly. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, probably my favorite. Really? Yeah, I like it a lot. Is there a song from this album that's like started, that meant 
one thing to you when you were making it, but it's taking on a new meaning to you now that the album's out? I don't know. I think touring changes things a little bit. I think RX um, is something that, like, gets me emotional every single time I play it live because if I sit down right in front of the crowd um, and I always just end up singing it to like one or two people right in front of me and it like they're crying and then it starts to make me cry because I feel like I'm singing it about the group of people that like come to these shows and it like gets me all you know fucked up so I don't know it takes like now it's like something I sing to them about them um which is cool which it didn't start that way no why is that your favorite song off the album um i am just a slut for like acoustic <laughs> songs dude i just love that shit which uh, is but you started doing the opposite yeah so when did this slut phase occur what are you talking about the, the rap stuff yeah i mean like yeah. y- you I, don't know. Know, dude. <laughs> I don't know i mean i i, I even now, like, all the stuff I listen to is just a lot of old stuff, like zombies, and, like, I love Neil Young. I'm obsessed with them, and I think I gravitate t- gravitate towards those things because it just reminds me of home um, and my parents and stuff. And so I, yeah, I guess I'm getting older now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like I'm getting older. Yes, you are. But, um, yeah, I listen to, like, a lot of stuff that just makes me feel, like, warm and safe and eases me and everything um neil young is like a big one that one always fucking freaking out or anything he like genuinely calms me down i don't know some sort of a uh psychology there you went to school wanting to make movies mm-hmm. pornos zach <laughs> This is the perfect studio for it, too. It does give the me fucking, I can't talk <laughs> about that, but the fucking... You're on the casting couch right now. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, stand up show. and turn around. I love it. <laughs> is there any creative similarities between making a movie and making a song? Yeah. I, I always say it's, like, the the most... Maybe it's, like, not as crazy that I, like, just ran into music the way I did. Like, just found it. Um, I think they're both very visual things, especially songwriting has to be visual like you really have to put yourself in like a scene <laughs> strip club music perfect example it never is been to one so you just imagine these things and you're like imagining girls just like twirling around these poles god knows if they actually do that i don't know but do. you have to yeah you've been to one haven't you i mean like i've been to a couple yeah. i'm really not the i'm not the audience they want there to be honest okay i'm keeping on to my my, my dollar bills okay okay yeah, you throw like you're throwing like pennies. Yeah, quarters. <laughs> Take out a roll of quarters and just leave it right there. Um, yeah, it's just a very visual thing. Songwriting in general, like it has to. I think it just has to be visual. Like you, you want to be an actor. That's a, on the list of goals. I don't know if I want to. I if there's something that spoke to me in a way that like wouldn't require much acting. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like a lazy piece of shit. But so what is that? It just has to be something that I identify with, right? Like, I can't, I would never act in a comedy. Like, I can't, I won't do that. Was okay. there convincing to get you to audition for Euphoria? Was there convincing? Yeah, did somebody have to convince you? No, I had gotten a, how did that happen? I had gotten a call from my agent, I think, who, like, doesn't, isn't even supposed to be, like, involved in, like, that side of agenting yeah <laughs> <laughs> your music agent calls yeah, you about yeah. a tv show 
And so, and he was like, do you want to do like an audition thing? Um, and I was like, Fuck. um, no, but like, yes. And I, they sent like a script to like practice and I stopped making music for a week and solely like just devoted myself to the script to like memorize it because I'm horrible at that shit. I can't even remember my songs. But, um, yeah, and I did it, and we did the tape, and that was actually, like, really cool. Like, I had fun. I liked the stress of it in a way. Um, and, of course, Dom Fike got it. God bless him. I love him. He killed it. It was perfect. Do you work well under pressure? No, I don't think so. I think in that case I probably did. But with music, like, no, 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 no. Do you put pressure on yourself ever? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think we didn't need to take two years to make that album. <laughs> <laughs> when was but it? It was just like, I I am very much in my head all the time. I mean, it is it has to be wild for you to wrap your mind around the fact that this is a debut album. Yeah. I That, that was surprising to me as somebody who's been listening to you for forever. Mm -hmm. It took way too long. I know that. Like, like, I don't know, dude. I'm I'm so happy we I waited and we took as long as we did, but like, that's crazy, man. Like I was, I think I signed to a label in 2018, wow. and then just put out my my first album, <laughs> which is like kind of depressing. But no, like, but like it's cool. It's cool. Um, Good things take time. Number one and number yes. two, and I'm, I have no regrets. Like we, I'm glad we did it the way we did it, and um, we built. Like I said, that slow build is something that is very important. How do you know it was ready and done? As soon as RX was the last song, and we had made like ten different songs called RX, and I was like, "This isn't it. This isn't it." And I was just trying to like captivate the essence of what RX meant to me. And it was, and I think that last song, of course, it's like the most stripped down, basic song there is. But um, yeah, and then as soon as we had that song, I was like, "We're done. Hands off." But that's how you know, right? Like when. When you don't need a bunch of other stuff to dress up a record. Exactly. And at its purest form, it hits and it strikes you right in the heart. Yeah. Yep. Like, people fall victim sometimes to overdressing songs that don't need to be, you know. I think I do it sometimes, too, I think. Um, I think that's really something I have been focusing on post-debut album um, to kind of embrace, like, the minimalism of it, I guess. And not just overdoing it i st i'm i'm still relatively like insecure about my voice so i think that's why I th there's so many just like stacked vocals and like you know all these songs start acoustic and then it's like all right let's build them up but maybe we don't always have to do that you're a slut for acoustic i am a slut for acoustic what'd you learn about yourself from making this album i really just like wanted to prove to myself going back to like one of the first things that we talked about i wanted to prove to myself that i could I shouldn't say I, me and Spencer could do this completely ourselves and I could write these lyrics without help from outside writers or anyone and without features and everything. And, um, that was just like very important to me, uh, in a general sense. I feel like I did. Oh, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> and then some, and then some, will you work with Spencer? Like, have you written, you have a, I read that you haven't written a song since you released the album. Is that still true? Not true anymore. Um, as soon as we went on tour, it was like, I had a very long and horrifying dry spell. Long. It was like two months, but like <laughs> terrifying for me. Um, and 
I was just so lost, which everyone goes through. I think that's just a normal thing when you put out your album. Um, but as soon as we got on tour and we did the first show, it was like, for some reason, that just like does something. And you get to see what works and what doesn't, how people react to things and which words they pick up on. And um, yeah, that was just very inspiring. And it was like, boom, boom, boom after that. I was just with Spencer yesterday. Wow. So you're going to keep it just to you and Spencer? No, no. We brought in some uh, new people so far. I want to start bringing in like a lot, which is like contradicting <laughs> what we talked about in the beginning. But I just, I want to try new things because you can even you past projects. It was like really me and Spencer, like me and one other person. It was never like bringing in, you know, I don't know. But it could be, it could be you, Spencer, one or two other people. You're still controlling the room. You still have a foundation that you're comfortable with. Totally. And by the way, like bringing somebody new into a creative environment challenges you. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I agree. I agree. I just want to try. This is like the time. It, it's, it's out. I just want to try new things right now. I want to travel and make music. I want to bring in new people. I want to maybe bring in artists for once because I just don't ever do that. But um, I don't know. Maybe you could only have gotten to this point because you're more confident in yourself. Maybe, yeah. Because you prove to yourself that you can do it without everybody, so it's on your terms. Yeah. So now it's like, go full Bruno Mars with it. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So what, it's going to take you 17 years to finish a single song? <laughs> no, no, no. I just mean like, he has massive songs, like big musical Compositions? collaborators, probably 20 collaborators. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. What are you thinking over there? I just say you're the second person that sat on that couch that said they auditioned for uh, Dominic Fikes rolling Euphoria. Can you t are you allowed to say who the other one is? No, because they made us cut it out. <laughs> really? Dude, yeah. We'll tell you afterwards. We'll tell you afterwards. See, I don't even like talking about it because I sound like I'm sour about it. I'm not. Dom fucking killed it. <laughs> I was never going to get it. I just, and then there was that one article that like, was like, <laughs> it just made me sound so sour about the whole thing. I'm not, man. It's like, I'm not, I don't want to be an actor, but if there's like something that happens, like cool. And Dom was perfect for that. And I hope he keeps you know, well, I hope he doesn't die. The other question see, I wanted see to in the in the show. <laughs> in the, show. <laughs> the other question I wanted to ask: Did it take a lot of convincing to get you to go to the Vanity Fair Oscar party? I did not expect you to be there. Doesn't seem like a place you'd want to be. Mm -mm. I don't like any of that stuff. I don't like red carpets. Yeah. Oh God. I'm very blessed. Very blessed that I got to go. Whatever. But I just like can't. I can't do those things. It's like so weird and not. I'm from Maine, dude. <laughs> I'm from fucking Maine, like in a field and like lobsters and ocean and nature and shit. Why are there like? Is like Leonardo DiCaprio standing in like a school lunch line, like waiting to get his photo taken in front of me? Like that's just not the real world. And so I just did not. It's like I don't belong there. But it again. Less so thankful I got to go there. Vanity Fair, love, but not for me. Is there a song in this album? If you could, you would change. Like I said, it was just the masturbation song thing. Like I really wish we could have gotten like really <laughs> big with that and like with the climax. string sections yeah. and horns and everything. Um, Call it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure that I mean as, as soon as it's out, I'm like listening to it and I hear a bunch of shit that I would change, but I'm not gonna get into. You feel like the song needed a bigger climax? Very good. See, that's what he's for. He's for the punchlines. That's it. 
That's exactly why we hire. I'm proud of that one. You should be. That's the best thing you've said in months. That's really funny. Give yourself a pat on the back. No, I'm just going to soak that one in. Okay, got it. You have diabetes. Yes, sir. And I feel like more people should be discussing what it's like to live with diabetes. Because it's, I mean, obviously, everybody's plight is different, right? And people have varying degrees, and it's all relative. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, like, I have a bunch of friends that live with diabetes and it's incredibly hard mm-hmm. and like it's brutal. one second, everything in your day can totally change. Yes. And I mean, my friends have pumps and they have meters, pumps connected to their phones, carrying different snacks on them at all times. That's what you have in your bag. Yes, sir. It's incredibly challenging. Yeah. It's, it sucks, dude. I mean, I, I just recently, um, this year got close with SC Haim. Um, who, man, I was just very lost with it out here for a long time and didn't know any artists besides, uh, Nick Jonas, Nick Jonas <laughs> and who was also my first concert Oh, because my mom wanted me to see a diabetic doing something cool. I'm sure. That's really awesome. Amazing. Before I even, you know, the music thing happened, I think she was just like, that was a beautiful thing that she did. It was me and my mommy. That's a Jonas Brothers concert. That's be- like in Portland, Maine. Oh, by the way, great radio stations in Portland, Maine. Yes. It was it like a mall show? Was it an actual? No, it was like a. It was a big show. I don't know where it was. It was like a hockey arena or something. Sick. But um, Civic Center. Okay. And Nick Jonas is there with his pump. Yeah. And but yeah, I just. I didn't. I think I was. My mom would like send me articles of her. And stuff and be like do you know this girl and I was always like no I don't and then I went to like a show of theirs or something and was like oh my god that's the girl that my mom keeps sending me articles about <laughs> and started listening to their music and I f- fucking love it and I also just love them as human beings and sisters like they're um, incredible um, I wish they were my sisters uh, or I wish I was their sister but um Esty, I met her in Paris, and she got me connected with, like, everyone she knows for all the, like, equipment and shit stuck in our body, whatever. Um, But more so, like, it was really crazy to just get to talk to someone doing exactly what I'm doing with the same disease. Um, Was, like, dude, it brought me so much, like, pure joy um which is very rare but uh and it was amazing we we were like at some event just talking for like two and hours me and her at the bar just like comparing shit and like <laughs> doing <laughs> such diabetic shit um but it was beautiful and and uh I, I hope i get to meet other artists and i hope i wish it didn't take me so long to like be open about it and embrace it um because I don't know it's now I see like girls in the crowd at shows with their thing on their arm their CGM and like they're showing it to me and I'm like I'll always be like yeah (laughs) and it like it makes me so happy and I'm like not a deep person in that way but it really like makes me teary-eyed um because that was me with Mr. Mr. Jonas brother well it's a it's a huge reminder that you're not alone yes and that there are it goes out both there. ways. It goes yeah. both ways. Like I'm sure it makes them feel great, and it like brings tears to my eyes to like see them in the crowd, and they're always there. I don't know. It's very cool. 
It is very cool. Is there a responsibility or are you coming to terms more with that side of like what this job requires? Which is, I mean, sharing something like that that you may, I don't, I don't want to say you're ashamed, but insecure about. Yeah, I was. I was just very, like, I didn't, I never, this thing on my arm saves my life now. Like, I would probably be dead if I did I mean, not get this. Numerous times a day. Yes, and but I never, my mom was begging me for probably four years to get it, and I never wanted it because I just didn't want people to see something on my arm and be like, what is that? Um, and I didn't want to go to the beach and have, like, a sh look like a fucking robot, whatever. And... Eventually, I was just like, fuck it. Like, I'm slowly, like, dying on the inside. I need to, like, be better and take care of myself. And got this, and it saved my life. And started taking care of my body and going on runs, which is not like me at all. But I do that now. Um, but, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. But embracing that and saving your life in the in the process can save others. I hope. I hope other kids um see that i think i don't know dude i had a doctor when i was younger in maine um that was just solely for diabetes mm -hmm. um and i remember when i first started making music in college i had gone home for like thanksgiving or something and i went in to just do a checkup or whatever and she was just like asking me questions what are you doing like what interests you how's school and i was like i honestly like i hate school but i found music and i'm falling in love with it like i want to do that and i want to start performing and doing stuff and she was like trying to talk me out of it and being like i think you should find something stable it's a very expensive disease and you're gonna have to be on your own insurance one day and you're gonna have to pay those bills and and all this and um take care of yourself and i just remember like leaving that doctor's appointment bawling my eyes out um and that sucks and i just hope to f god that she's not doing that to any other kids i hope she's not working there i hope other doctors are not telling kids what they can and can't do with this disease that like genuinely hurts to think about because um, it did get in my head for a little bit how could it not it sucks no one I, that's evil that's just an evil thing i don't care what disease or complications you have in your life there's no limitations you you, louder you, you can't you can't pick the hand you're dealt when it comes to medical anything i agree right so the thought that you'd let that hand limit you achieving or going after your dreams or let it discourage you from fulfilling a passion that is burning inside of you mm -hmm. is ridiculous and insane and by the way it's people who have those i don't even want to call them setbacks because people take those setbacks and they turn them into something that propels them forward yes and are used as stories that go on to change countless lives 100 it's yeah i just i just hope that doesn't happen to any other young kid um why'd you keep going i was just in love with it and and i don't know she that really pissed me off um and i think i was like retaliating in a way maybe but also like what the did she know she's like a doctor in portland maine like get a life um but uh yeah i don't know i don't know what it was i just i stopped caring and i kept making music because i that also hit me like a train when i found music so how do you measure success today how many acres you got 
<laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> how, how many millions you got stacks? Success. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think I'm in a place yet to to talk about success, but um, I'm sure there's countless ways. Was this a success? Honestly, <laughs> yeah. That was a huge moment for me. As role model, Maddie Healy, the 1975. Yes, sir. Wow. Um, yeah, I was. Genuinely speechless. I think that's Bia Badubi in the background too. God bless Bia. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> that is success. That yes. is success, and that is how I would measure it right now. Speechless, just like your caption. Mm-hmm. Anything else over there, Daniel? No. Yeah. What do you got? You got the images and stuff. Yeah, I think it's good. A lot of the images, you know, we can't really pull up. We'll get you know flag for those. This one. This one we got. That one's cleared. Yeah. yeah. Got it. By the way, you need to listen to role models' music. It's some of my favorite art that I've ever listened to. I feel incredibly understood by it, and I think you will too. There's a link in the description below. I highly, highly recommend you give it your time and your energy and just lend your ear to it. Um, I have a, a lot of respect for you, like an incredible yeah. amount of respect. Thank you, you too. Um, and you. And to you my as well. My space bar boy. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite space bar boy. I, uh, really, truly, there's... um. I like nicknames, so I'm going to use that one. He, God, you've you've he's actually been wanting a nickname his entire life, and nobody's given it to him to the point where he makes up his own. Bass bar, and I'm fine. Sang a song. I'll take it. Well, sang a song. You know, I just had to set up some organization that is called Sang a Song. Really? Yeah. God. Ten percent. Ten percent over here. Whatever, whatever you need, <laughs> sir. Whatever you need. Uh, I really, really, really thank you so much for taking the time and thank energy you. and like being here. And God, uh, Tucker, thanks. Role model, everybody. Hey, beautiful human, you made it through our conversation with Role Model. Thank you so much for giving us your time and energy today. I really do appreciate it. Who should we interview next? That's my question for you. We're taking any and all suggestions right now. At Sex Sang Show on any form of social media, feel free to reach out. Let us know who we should invite on our couch next. And please subscribe to our podcast, share it with those you care about, and check out our show live every day on Amazon Zam. Woohoo! Now, please be safe, hug your family if you can. Do not go to jail and have a great day. I'll talk to you real soon. Peace and love. Today's show is hosted and executive produced by Zach Sang. He was also executive produced by Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zolot, Joshua Russack, and Olivia Rudensky. Music by James Ashuto. Senior producer, Caitlin Plummer. Associate producer, Eve Bishop. Production sound mixing on today's show was done by Alex Goins, Nico Pierce, and Joseph Hartshorn. Sound mixing was done by Daniel Chavez-Crook and Ivan Wayman. Post-production manager was Caroline Rude. Production manager was Michelle Dorostock. And our production coordinator was Bryce Herless. And that was an episode of The Zach Sang Show. We'll talk to you soon.